Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, March 30th, 2022. Money. Let's talk about money. You can't really live life in this world without it. And before we kind of make assessments as to whether that's a good or bad thing, let's just deal with the facts. Like, that's just the way it is. If you live life in this world, you are going to have to deal with money to take care of yourself, to take care of your family, probably in some form of business um, or your occupation, you're having to deal with money. And now, we need to understand this life is not all about money. But money is involved, and God wants us to understand that no, life is not all about money, but money, while it is not the issue, in many ways, it is a test. God has put us in this world, and he has given us resources and charged us to use them, and really, it is a test of our hearts, of what we value. And yes, we need money to operate in this world, to do business, uh, to provide for a family or whatever it is that we do, but what is the end game for us? Is it about money? Is it about the things that money can buy or is it about something else? And that is what Jesus is going to try to teach us all throughout our New Testament reading today, Luke chapter 16. The thread that's going to go through the various elements of this chapter is the thread of money. And I want all of us to think about ourselves, to think about our own mindset, to think about our own dealings with money, to examine, are we dealing with it in the way that Jesus teaches us to? Or are we dealing with it in the way that the world does? And these are the questions that Luke 16 is going to help us answer. Now, it starts with what is perhaps the most interesting of all of the parables of Jesus Christ. Now, we've just been listening to some of the most famous parables, perhaps the most famous parable Jesus teaches in Luke 15 with the prodigal son, but now we get to one that is very interesting because you listen to it and you scratch your head at first because it tells about this rich man who had a manager and charges were brought to him and this man was wasting his possessions. So there's a rich guy who has a manager and he's a bad manager and basically he gets fired. The boss says, you're a bad manager, you're out. And so this bad manager, he goes and he goes to all the people that have business dealings with this rich man and he cuts them all a discount. In verse five, it says, so he summoned his master's debtors one by one. And he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He said, a hundred measures of oil. He said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? He said, a hundred measures of wheat. Take your bill and write 80, right? He's given out discounts to everyone. And then Jesus seems to praise this dishonest manager. It says in verse 6, The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. 
For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. Now, obviously, Jesus is not commending the unethical behavior of this dishonest manager. But the point of the parable, the punchline, comes in verse 9 when he says, And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. So he's saying, hey, look at this guy, this dishonest guy. He used his business sense. He used the resources that he had access to, to really provide for himself. And he used it to make friends for his own benefit. And he's saying, hey, Christians, my followers, you need to think about your money not as a means to get things for yourself or to get ahead for yourself, but how can you use this money that I've given you, he calls it their unrighteous wealth, in ways to win people to Christ? How can you use your wealth for eternal things? That's basically the idea. Man, if the people of this world are so shrewd in using their money for temporal things, how much more should you be thinking and using your money to further eternal ends. And that's really what he gets into. Again, money is a test. One, in verse 10, who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much. So there again, not praising dishonesty, not what he is looking for. But he's saying, if then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth— who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give to you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So this is a test. God is testing you with the money he has giving, given you, and he wants to know, are you going to be faithful? And are you going to prioritize the right things? It's often been said, the, the world's mindset is we love money and we use people. Where God wants our mindset to be, we love people and we use money, right? We use things, we use money, and the goal is to use it to love people and to serve people, not that we love money and love things and we use people to get more of that. And that's also kind of the punchline of that parable. This guy, he was using people for things and money to get protection for himself. Jesus is saying, hey, get creative, use your brain, get shrewd, get get wise, but use money and use things for the eternal ends of people. But the Pharisees, they didn't like this because they were rich. That's what it says in verse 14. The Pharisees, who were lovers of money, heard all these things, and they ridiculed him. And he said to him, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Right? He, he comes after them for their self-righteousness and even their prioritization of wealth. So I want you today to examine your relationship with money and to remember that that is a test. That is a test of stewardship for, really for how you are handling what God has given to you. And are you using 
your money in the way that God would want you to. Now, obviously, we need to use money to provide for things, to buy things. Every one of us needs to do that. But even ask yourself, in what ways are you using your earthly money, this unrighteous wealth, in order to further the kingdom of God and to make an impact for eternity? And if you're saying, I don't know if I'm really doing that, well, then you're clearly not handling your money the way Jesus would teach us to do it. And even in the rest of the chapter, we see this thread of uh, money and finances. Even divorce sounds kind of random to be thrown in here, but what's one of the biggest causes of conflict in marriage and of divorce? Financial issues. And so I don't think it's a coincidence that divorce is there in this context. And then we see a parable that might seem disconnected, but notice how it starts. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple. And part of the moral of that story is the reversal that comes. The rich man ends up in hell, while the poor man, Lazarus, ends up in heaven at Abraham's side. And so we see it's not about money. Yes, we need money in this world. It takes money to kind of operate, but it is not about that because we're going to die someday and we will stand before the Lord. And I love the end of that parable when the rich man begs to be raised from the dead so he can go and tell his brothers and warn them about hell. And Abraham says, they have Moses and the prophets. Basically, they have the scriptures. Let them hear them. And and the rich man says, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should be raised from the dead. And notice how prophetic those words even are that that so many in the religious community in Israel, they had Moses, they had the prophets, they didn't listen to them, and then they didn't listen when Jesus rose from the dead. So a lot of that, though, comes back to how do we think about money? How do we deal with money? What is our object in life? Is it money? That is a horrible object in life. Our object needs to be to glorify God, to live for his kingdom, to advance eternal causes. As you look at your finances, can you see those things as priorities to you? That's what we need to think about today as we respond to Luke 16. Now let's go back to the Old Testament to Deuteronomy 27 and 28. And the feature, the main feature of this passage is going to be blessings and curses. Blessings for obedience, curses for disobedience. And one of the things, especially as you look at chapter 28, I would just encourage you to look at the size. Look at how big the blessings are and then look at how long it's talking about curses. And I think it's fair for us to note, man, do you think God is taking this seriously? And especially with all the curses for disobedience, do you think that disobedience is a big deal to God? Yes, it is. And I think there are some principles we see from this that obedience does lead to, tend to lead to blessing and disobedience leads to a curse. And that's where that's not absolute. We've learned that in Job. It's not if you do the right thing, you will always be physically blessed. But we clearly see disobedience brings the curse. Disobedience brings punishment from God. And really, even this is part of what starts to get us thinking more and more about the gospel. Because as we see in Romans, by the works of the law, no one can be saved. Under the law, we are all cursed. And that's why we need a savior. That's why we need Jesus 
Christ. We need his righteousness given to us. That is the gospel. But then we do see, even as we live as Christians, we want to live in the blessing of obedience. And so hopefully this chapter points us to the gospel, but also motivates us to live in the blessing of obedience day by day. And today, maybe even it gets us thinking about living in the blessing of obedience, even financially, as we faithfully steward what God has given us. We seek to use it for the ends that he would want us to use it for, for, and therefore we glorify God even with the test of our earthly finances. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. And a special thanks today to Pastor Charlie Matz and Cody Davidson for filling in for me while I was away on spring break. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.